Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Now, this morning, I want to talk about the signs of the times because we live in perilous times, the Bible says. But during these perilous times, Jesus took time to share the signs of the end times with his disciples. And he shared, you know, because Jesus one time said to his disciples, he said, look at that temple right there. That temple is going to come down in three days and not one stone's going to be left on another. And, and he said, one day this temple's going to come down. And they're going like, what does this even mean? They got away from the temple. They got to the Mount of Olives where he met with them. And someday when you go to the uh, uh, Holy Land, you'll be able to see the Mount of Olives. And you'll be right where Jesus met with his disciples. And they got together with him and, and they asked him, you know, tell us more about this. And so Jesus shared the signs of the end times with his disciples, and he shares them with us today so that we'll be watchful and ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ. How do you know that we serve a Savior who's going to return again? He's already come once. He was born in a manger, but he's also going to return a second time to catch us away as well. And the question is, is, are we ready and are we watchful right now? And God wants us to be watchful and ready. Uh, how many of you are saved this morning and you know it? Amen? Amen. And how many are glad you are saved? Hallelujah. And if you're not saved, you're going to have a chance to be saved this morning. Hallelujah. So we're going to talk about the signs of the times, all right? Now, uh, the signs of the times are detailed or listed out in three, three uh, books of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Everyone say with me this morning, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So this same thing that we're covering this morning is covered in Matthew chapter 24, Mark chapter 13, and then Luke chapter 21, all from those writers' perspectives, but they're called the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, So the synoptic gospels. Say with me this morning, the synoptic gospels. In other words, they tell the same story. They're in sync with one another, and those three are always in sync with one another. So this morning, we won't be covering all three books. We'll just be covering one chapter. Matthew chapter 24 is what we're going to unpack, and uh, we'll start it right here. Now watch this. Now as Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will these things be, and when will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? So they said, Tell us, you know, the, the, the temple you say is going to be destroyed. All these things are going to be happening in the end days. Tell us when and, and how can we see these signs. So, he, so they said, when will these things be and what will the signs be? So say it with me this morning, when and what? What will the signs be? And then Jesus begins to tell his disciples the signs of the end times that we're living in right now. So... The words that we're going to be reading this morning, everyone, are words in red, which means that Jesus spoke them. So everything that we read this morning are going to be words in red, save a couple of scriptures that I've got out of Romans. But other than that, they're going to be words in red. And how many of you know if Jesus is speaking, we want to be listening? Amen? Amen? So let's just pray right now that God's going to help us in this message today. Lord, I just thank you right now that... You've not left us alone. You've not left us uninformed. But God, I just thank you right now as we look at the signs of the times that you'll speak to our hearts and help us, Lord God, to be all the more watchful and all the more ready for your second coming. And we pray it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said aloud, amen. 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 
There's a set of notes that you received this morning. You can get these notes by just lifting your hand in case we missed you. Otherwise, you can also get them online by just saying, uh, well, they've got to, they'll come up. The notes will come up, and they'll give you a spot that you can get the notes online as well, all right? So let's look at the signs of the times, and I've listed out about a dozen of them this morning. First of all, Jesus said, false teachers with deceiving words will come even claiming to be Christ. So false teachers with deceiving words will come claiming to be Christ. How many of you know that deception is believing your own lie? Have you ever met anyone that was deceived? If they're deceived, they were believing their own lie. So false teachers with deceiving words will come even claiming to be Christ. There are even people that will come claiming to be Christ. Now watch what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. It says that in the end days, many people will be deceived. So in the last days, many false prophets will arise, some even claiming to be Christ. Now this has been happening for decades and decades and decades, even people claiming to be Christ. Here's one thing that I've noticed though, none of these people claiming to be Christ want to volunteer to get on a cross, and none of them rise again. They're all buried forever. Only Jesus, our Savior, is the only one that died on the cross once for all, and then not only did he die on the cross, but three days later he rose again. And if you believe we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Amen? So the only way to avoid being deceived by deceiving Prophets is knowing the word of God, testing the spirits, and proving all things, and that'll keep you from being deceived yourself, all right? Now, the second sign is this, is wars and rumors of wars. In other words, there'll be talk of wars. And all through history, we've had talk of wars, but there's going to be even an increase. So wars and rumors of wars, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Jesus says, even in the middle of this mess that we're in right now with wars and rumors of wars, we don't know what the future is going to hold, he says, let not your heart be troubled. Don't be troubled. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome this world. Say it with me this morning, I'm not going to be troubled. I'm going to be of good cheer. You're not very selling that very well. Turn to your neighbor and say, be of good cheer. Amen. Hallelujah. But the end is not yet, all right? Now, here's the third sign. His nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom. So, Jesus said this, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom will rise against kingdom. Now, since February 24th, we've seen how the country of Russia, and I really don't even say the Russian people, but it's Putin has, you know, come out in warfare against uh, Ukraine and the Ukrainian people. And so this has been going on since February 24th, and they've been waging war, and we've been watching on it, it on the news. Uh, uh, but I want to tell you here this morning, they thought that this conflict or this war would last probably three days or at most a week, and that Russia would just roll right over the Ukrainian people, but they misjudged the Ukrainian people. They misjudged their spirit. They misjudged their resolve, that they were willing to give their life for their country. And you can see right now, we're like in the fourth week of war, and they're even talking about the possibility of having some peace talks. What is turning the tide? And I really believe that what is turning the tide is the prayers of God's people. Can I get a witness, amen? It's turning the tide. 
So I want to ask you to keep on praying and keep on believing and keep on seeking God on behalf of the Ukrainian people and also that um, Putin will come to his right mind because he's not in his right mind right now. Even many of the Russian people don't even want to be involved in this war at all, the Russian people, and, and, and lots of the Russian soldiers don't want to be there. They're, they're standing up because of nationalism, because of the duty calls to their country, but a lot of them are calling their mothers at night and just saying, I don't even want to be here. We thought that we were on war games or we were on certain operations, but here we are killing our own people. It's like brothers killing brothers. One thing you should know about Russia is every Russian has a relative in Ukraine. And every Ukraine has a relative in Russia. And so there should be more of unity, but right now, Russia's trying to take over and run over the country of Ukraine. We have some missionaries that are in Ukraine that are with us this morning, but they're more than missionaries, they're national pastors there. They're pastors and they've given their lives. They're citizens of Ukraine and we've supported them for around 15 years. Lots of projects. We've helped to put heat into their church. We've helped to buy them a van when they needed a van. We've helped support them uh, in many projects along the year, years that we don't even uh, talk about. But they just happened to arrive in the United States and then just a few days later, the war broke out. But they're here with us this, this, this morning, and I'd like you to welcome Stanislav and Snizhana Shalukan. All right, Stanislav and Shin... Snizhana <laughs> and Cree. Did I say Cree or cry? But come on up here, if you would. It's Cree. This is Snizhana, and this is Stanislav, and Snizhana will interpret this morning, and, 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 and Stanislav, as you can kind of share with everyone what's happening in the Ukraine right now. It's very difficult times right now in Ukraine. We minister in Kherson, and this is a city uh, in the south of Ukraine, uh, bordering with the Crimea. And for the ver from the very first days uh, of the war, our city is... Uh, in blockade is blocked off by Russian troops. A lot of Russian troops, uh, they are not allowing anyone to leave the city or to enter the city. And because of this, it's very hard with uh, food. The stores are empty. The couple of first days, everything was closed uh, and people were like in such shock. And these days, people are very like, depressed uh, in our city because it's, it's hard. And our people, they don't want Russians to be in our city, in our country. And just the presence of these uh, troops, they do bring uh, uh, like specific pressure. And also what I want to uh, add uh, more, um, like we already suffered as a country uh, more than $100 billion uh, dollar, um, losses. Um, over 3 million people already left uh, the country as refugees. And it's, this, this is nearing 10% 10, 10 of our population. So it's really devastating what is going on in Ukraine right now. And, but of course our hearts, they go toward our city, where our hearts are. So we like suffer with them. We cry with them when we cried a lot, especially me. Uh, it was very hard. But uh, I would say these last maybe week, uh, over a week, God gave us this strength to continue believing, 
to persevere in faith. And what I want to say, thank you. I want to thank church. I mean the whole church of uh, America. A lot of you, you don't, like, you've never been to Ukraine. Very few, I think, if any at all, were ever to Ukraine. Some of you, maybe you didn't even know where Ukraine is on the map of Europe. But it didn't, like, prevent you from standing with us, praying with us, crying for God, for our nation, for all the innocent people, all the innocent lives lost. And I'm just thankful for, like, like crying as if this is your own people. So just thank you, church. And we just see how much evil is unleashed into our nation. Like Bible says, like brother against brother. Because like our two countries are so close, we even speak like we, south of Ukraine, we speak Russian as well. So it's, it's literally right. brother against brother. Right. Now, a lot of you're over here right now, and you probably feel I'm just safe to be over here right now. We just got here just in time. Uh, would you rather be here in America safe, or would you rather be back at home? Of course, we, we would prefer to be there. It happened that we are here, but we are making plans to go back at the beginning of April. We want to go back and be with our church, with our people. Amen. Um, Cree, you're 16 years old. Tell us a little bit about uh, your 16 years old. How's this affecting you? Well, like my parents told earlier, uh, I don't have a grudge against the Russians. I don't, I'm not angry at them because they're my brothers and sisters. And for me, this is, this is very weird and strange. And I don't like it. I'm not having this war. I don't, I don't want this. We've been praying from the start and... We've been praying and we've been singing these songs, God bring revival, and what we're praying is for God to bring revival in Ukraine and bring revival in Russia. So God has been really good to us and God is just supernaturally, he's just protecting our, our people from our church. And somehow they're holding on and God is giving strength. So thank you for Amen. your prayers. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, how can we help? Since the beginning of the war, we already uh, sent to our city, to our church, $10,000. Uh, so our team could buy food supplies where, wherever they could find them and bring to people. It's One day it's potatoes. Last Sunday, another church that you were in, or the Sunday before, it might have been last Sunday, actually gave you $10,000, just a spontaneous offering, Yes. And you were able to take that 10000 and and buy food over there in the Ukraine, right? Yes, yes, because it's like one day you find potatoes, you're happy that you, you buy potatoes. Another day you find flour, and you're happy that you buy flour, and you, you, you have something to give to people and bring them hope. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. So here's what I want you to know, church family, today is today on our... Uh, in addition to our giving options that we have online, we've also put a giving option called Ukraine Relief. Would you say with me this morning, Ukraine Relief? And so on your envelopes that you use this morning in giving, you can just write in Ukraine Relief under there. Just put down Ukraine if you'd like. But online, just uh, 
look for the Ukraine relief um, option uh, in addition to your tithes and offerings. But I, I'm going to give in that offering today as well. But if we all do something, and we've been doing this for two weeks in a row, I know it, but the need is so great. And God will replenish your store of supplies so that you can be generous on every occasion. So I don't think you have to worry too much about that. But we're going to, um, uh, I just want to encourage you to give under Ukraine Relief on our, on our website. And that offering from today is going to go to, to help Stanislav and, and Snizhana and, and they're going to end their ministry over there. Um, uh, so I, I, was, I talked to a minister friend of mine who contacted me just a couple of days ago. He had just been over to the Ukraine, you know, in the last couple of years, whatever it was. But, um, and I've been invited to go over there so many times, and I haven't made it yet. So, and Barbara said to me this morning, we need to go over to the Ukraine. And I, I said, okay, we'll go. We'll go over to the Ukraine. So, um, but anyway... Um, he had said that while he was there speaking, uh, he's my, uh, my presbyter uh, that I'm referring to right now, and he lives right here in Elk Grove, but anyway, while he was over there speaking, uh, he went to church on Sunday, but then that day, uh, somebody walked up to Pastor Stanislav, and, and uh, like a stranger, like a person came up to him and uh, said, you're Satan, and he smacked him right in the face, and he knocked a tooth out, and the tooth fell to the ground, and Stanislav just picked it up, and uh, put it in his pocket and went right into church and kept on preaching and kept on ministering to people. That's what I call chutzpah. That's what I call, you know, having guts to do it. But would you give them a God bless you because they're on the front line. And we love you so much. Would you, uh, would you stand right now just for a moment in this service and I want you to just stretch out a hand and we're going to pray um, for this family that is our missionaries. We've supported them for like 15 years in other churches in the area as well. But they're on the ground. They're nationals. They are the people. It's not like we're coming in. It's the best way to do missions is when nationals do it. So I want to just ask you to uh, pray for protection and also pray for favor. Lord, we just pray right now for Stanislav and, and Snizhana, Lord God, the, the whole Shalukan family right now. God, that you give them great favor and protect them, Lord God, and protect their people. God, we just pray right now that you will let there be a turning of the tide in Ukraine. And that's a big prayer to pray, but God, you're a big God. And so, Lord, we just ask right now there will even be a turning of the tide, even this week, Lord God, that peace talks could lead to something, Lord God. We just pray right now that peace will be brought back to the Ukraine and they'll be able to stand strong as a nation. And then, Lord, we just pray right now, too, for Stanislav and Snizhana, Lord God, that you'll help them as ministers of the gospel. Lord, let them stay encouraged from the inside out. Let them stay uh, supplied by the church. And, God, I just pray that the people that they're ministering to and in their community, Lord God, that they'll be able to see relief, Lord, come from loving people all over the world. We just pray right now, Lord, we pray for your protection and your favor and your mercy and your grace and your safety over them. And we pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said amen. amen. And would you give this, the Shalukan family a great God bless you? Thank you. Amen. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, where were we? We're still in a mes message right here. It says, nation will rise against nation. And then the fourth thing that Jesus said, are we on number four right now? The fourth thing that Jesus said is this about the last times. Famines and earthquakes will be in many parts of the world. Now, Jesus said this. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places or diverse places. 
The United Nations World Food Program says that 41 million people in 43 countries are facing a risk of famine right now. 41 million people in the world are on the edge of famine. They're in famine right now. And that figure is up by 16 million since 2019. So there's been an increase in famines in the land. Right now, there are more than, than 800 million people in the world are undernourished. So nearly a billion people in the world are undernourished today as we talk. Also, and I can't take time to go into this, but earthquakes are increasing right now significantly in their frequency. So the Bible talks about all of these things, and they're part of the signs of the end times. Then Jesus said this, there'll be sorrows or birth pains. Say it with me this morning, sorrows and birth pains. Say with me this morning, birth pains. Now, birth pains are a sign that something significant is getting ready to happen. And Jesus said this, all these are the beginning of sorrows. The New International Version says birth pains, all right? So if you're a lady, you know what birth pains are all about. But men don't know too much about it, except from everything that we've heard, okay? But birth pains means there's an expectancy of something, all right? So... Um, Here's what the Word of God says, and this is my only other scripture. It's in the book of Romans, and I'll just pull it up. It says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. So right now, the whole creation, earth is groaning because of the expectation of what's coming, what's getting ready to happen. And it says, Not only so, but we ourselves who have the fruit, first fruits of the Spirit also grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Now watch. Here's what I want you to see. The whole earth is groaning at the expectation of things to come, but not only the earth is groaning, but we on the inside, those of us that have the Spirit of God in us, are groaning like something's fixing to happen, as they would say down in Texas. Say with me right now. Something's fixing to happen. And so, now, just so you know, the world is oblivious to all of this. The world is oblivious, but people that have Christ in them, your eyes have been opened so that you can see. So you're not oblivious to this. You can see the signs that Jesus is sharing. So, so what, 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 are they expecting? what are we expecting? We're expecting the second coming of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. A mother would say... I have birth pains because I'm expecting a child. But a believer would say, on the inside, I have this birth pain going on because I'm in expectancy of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Are you seeing what I'm saying? You're not getting it, I don't think. Are you getting it? There's this sensing inside of us like something's getting ready to happen. It's like birth pains, and the birth pains is going to produce something. Something significant is going to happen, and that something significant is the second coming of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said amen. 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 Hallelujah. I mean, you can be driving to Walmart and be feeling in the spirit with everything going on in the world. You know, go like, man, something's going on. I don't know what it is. But I'll tell you what, it's pointing to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So look up, everybody, and have hope in Jesus Christ because your redemption draweth nigh. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. Then Jesus said persecution is going to increase. It says, then you're going to be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. Persecution. Now, we don't know much about persecution, but many parts of the world, many Christians are being persecuted for their faith. 
And in fact, 309 million Christians live in countries with very high or extreme persecution. In fact, that's up from 270 million people. It's up to 309 million Christians who live in countries where persecution is on the rise. Every day, 13 Christians worldwide are killed or martyred because of their faith. Every day, 12 churches are burned down or attacked because of their faith. And so uh, those that watch persecution and watch what's going on on the, uh, the countries of the world, there are about 50 nations that persecute Christians uh, severely. About 50 nations do that. But the greatest persecution takes place in these 10 countries, the top 10. North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, Pakistan, Eritrea, which is on the Horn of Africa, followed by Yemen and Iran and Nigeria and India. These are all persecuting Christians all over the land right now, and some are giving their lives. We in America haven't seen persecution like other parts of the country. Be glad for that. But the word of God says this, that persecution is going to be coming in some form to all of us, so to be ready for it. And by the way, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen when you are persecuted, because God says this, I'm going to give you a mouth to be able to speak, and the words, the right words to speak by the Holy Spirit. You don't even have to know what you're going to say, because the Holy Spirit's going to give you a word in due season. That's to every believer, and if you're happy for that, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Amen. Then the Bible says that many, Jesus said this, many will turn away from the faith. They'll turn away from the faith. Jesus says this, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate one another during this time when things amp up and there's more tribulation. And so uh, there are many people, I want to just tell you this, that have already turned away from their faith. And in fact, during the past decade, um, here in America, well, you should just know, in the world, there's lots of countries in the world. If you go over to Europe and go into the great cathedrals in Europe, if you in, in, in France and in England, if you go to Spain or wherever you go in Europe, you'll see great cathedrals that are just beautiful, but they become memorials to the past because you'll walk in, and what's missing here? All of this space, but no people. No people inside because in many of those countries, less than 7% of the total population even believes in Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you what, it's just like a, a, a graveyard of faith, if you will. Even in America, where just a few years ago, a decade, a decade and a half ago, they said that in America around 73% of people claim to be Christian, not whether they're serving God or not, but they claim to be Christian. That number now is down to around 65 or 63%. In other words, even in the last decade, there's been a 10% decrease of people who've walked away from their faith and they they don't identify as Christians, they identify as nuns, N-O-N-E-S, no faith at all. And I'm telling you what, watch and be on guard for your own soul that you don't walk away yourself and grow cold. Can I get a witness? Because the Bible says many will turn away from the faith. We're already seeing it. Even in the pandemic, many people turned away from their faith. During the pandemic, man, I'm glad you're still here and I'm glad you're still online. Let's keep on going for God. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, it's an empty, empty life in an empty, empty world without God. Because you have a space only made for God. Hallelujah. I have a, a friend that I meet, uh, or, or, that I met at a coffee shop uh, oh, about a year ago, and I uh, shared my faith with him. I started to share my faith with him after that. I found a little bit about him. He's, I don't even want to talk about it. 
I don't even want to talk about it. Don't even talk to me about faith. And he goes, I'm not into that. I don't want to talk about it at all. But he was an author of a book. And, and, or like three or four books. He was an author and he was like a, 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 a writer of books, you know. And so uh, I said, well, I know a poem about books, you know. And, uh, and have you ever heard this poem by Emily Dickinson? It's just called Books. I learned it in Bible college, but it's by Emily Dickinson. And so then I quoted that uh, to him at the coffee shop. He goes, I said, uh, there is no frigate like a book to take us lands away, nor any coursers like a page of prancing poetry. This travail may the poorest take without oppressive toll. How frugal is the chariot that bears the human soul. And so I said, a book, you know, you're a writer of books, and a book is the chariot that bears the human soul. Isn't that cool? Shoot, I'll tell you what, he just lit up right there. He goes, where are you from? He goes, he goes how did you know that? He says, I've, I'm a writer. I've never even heard that book. What's well, by Emily Dickinson. She's pretty famous, you know, famous poet. And I just happened to remember that from college. And, and, and then I share that with him. And then every time that I see him now, he has, I have an open conversation I don't, he doesn't want to talk about religious things yet, but now, though, this has been going on for about a year, because now I call him, a, he's my pagan friend, you know, I said he's my pagan friend, and he gets a kick out of that. I just introduced someone to him the other day, this is my pagan friend, John, his, his name's John, he's a pagan, and, and uh, but, but now I say, uh, uh, now I say, this is my friend John, he's a pagan, but actually he's a spiritual person, he's just not willing to admit it yet. And, and then, the last conversation, this has happened to me two or three times, he says, you know what, um, I gotta get over to, I'm gonna come over to your church, I'm gonna visit you on a Sunday, I'm gonna come over and visit you on a Sunday. Well, that started out, and, and, and I, I said, man, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna, I'm, I wanna see that day. Uh, what am I trying to say is there's been many that have fallen away from the faith, be sure that you're not one of them, but also God has called us to go out into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. It's not that we invite them to church, it's that we invite them to God and we do that on the street, amen? So many will turn away from their faith, so there's been a decrease in faith, but if we'll just get out there and be salt and light, we can see people one to Jesus Christ, amen? Hallelujah, praise God. I segued out of that point pretty good. I didn't know what I was talking about, but I got out of there pretty good. All right. Because many will turn away from the faith. And there's a lot of people that are just anti, anti-God. I'm telling you what, being an atheist got to be the most boring thing in the world. When you die, you're all dressed up and there's no place to go. Can I get a witness, amen? I mean, and then when you're living here on earth, you know, there's no relationship. Just so, know this, you are body, soul, and spirit. Your body uh, craves food. Your soul or your mind craves knowledge. But your spirit craves God. And most people have the body and the soul taken care of. They've got plenty of knowledge, plenty of food, but not plenty of God. And they're wondering, why am I empty still? It's because that God gap needs to be filled. Just remember, we're here to help fill the God gap. People have plenty of knowledge, they have plenty of food, but they don't have plenty of God. We're going to give them plenty of God. Give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Now, eighth thing is right here, and I'm almost done. What time is it? Who cares, right? <laughs> I won't go long, but I will finish. Uh, false prophets will deceive many people. 
It says, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And, and Jesus is repeating this a second time, a second time. First of all, he said, there's going to be a lot of false Christs that come your way. Don't believe in the Antichrist or anyone who claims to be Christ. There's only one Christ, and he's already rose again, and he's at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. But then false prophets will come and deceive many. And deception is believing your own lie. And false prophets, I can tell you how you can tell a prophet is false. His prophecies do not come to pass. Which means you've got to be vetting a lot of people who you were listening to during the pandemic. Oh, it's quiet in here. But a lot of Christians, they go like, well, he's on TV. He must be good. He's on TV. But he just gave ten false prophecies. And, and Jesus is saying, don't drink all of the Kool-Aid. Hearing what I'm saying? And a lot of people go like, a lot of people say like, well, I'm just going to, you know, eat the fish and spit out the bones. And we've been told that for so many years. It just occurred to me this morning in the first service. I've never thought of it this before. But I'm saying, like, you know, eat the fish, you know, and spit out the bones. Why don't, why, if you have to just, we have so many churches that are full of so much bony stuff and so much bones. He says, you know, eat the fish and, and, and spit out the bones. Why don't you just get a new fish? Can I get a witness? In other words, if you've got to sort through all of this stuff to see which is of God and which isn't God, then maybe just kind of trade it out for something that's purely God. Just a thought. False prophets will deceive many. Now, the reason why you don't have to be deceived is because you know how to rightly divide the word of truth. The Bible says, you know, judge all things and prove that which is good. You know, hold on to which is good. But I'm just saying here this morning, God is, you are created in the image of God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are smart. You are intelligent. You have, you have discernment. And God says this, be discerning of the spirits that are coming. Don't be blown away to and fro with every kind of wind of spirit that comes your way. But weigh things out and hold on to what is good. Can I get a witness here this morning? Amen. Because you are smart. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are smart. God made you that way. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're a smart off. No, not really. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Come on. Come on. Santo. Number nine, the love of many will grow cold due to widespread wickedness. The love of many will grow cold. And we just talked about this because Jesus said, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow, grow, grow cold. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Hallelujah. How many of you say, Pastor, I'm going to endure to the end because of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, then Jesus said this. We're talking about Jesus this morning. And everything that I'm reading this morning are words in red. So Jesus is sharing with us the signs of the times. The tenth sign is this, is the gospel will be preached in all the world. Hallelujah. And that's going to be a sign. Jesus said, this gospel, this good news of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Say with me this morning, all the world, all the nations, and then the end will come. Hallelujah. One of the great signs. And it used to be, many years ago, you couldn't get the gospel unless somebody took it to another country on a boat or on a plane or something like that, but we didn't have communication like we have today but they would get the gospel much slower than they're getting it today. But because of modern technology, the gospel has been preached to more people in more places than any time in history. Hallelujah. Out of the, whatever, 248 countries in the world, whatever the number might be, we have the potential and possibility of reaching every single one of them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's one of the major signs that 
The end will come after the gospel has been shared with all of the nations. Hallelujah. And all of God's people said amen. amen. Okay, now, quick little break. How many will hang with me on this message just till I finish? I won't go long. Trying to, I've already gone long, but this is God's service. What are we going to do? Go home and watch CNN or something like that? And, or basketball, you know? The brackets are too wide right now to even care, right? So it'll be whatever. It'll, it'll focus down. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Now, there's going to be a tribulation, and I didn't, I'm not unpacking that this morning, the tribulation period, but there's going to be seven years of tribulation divided into two parts, three and a half years at the beginning and three and a half years at the end. So what we call the beginning of sorrows or birth pangs are the first part of the tribulation period, seven years. It's the beginning of sorrows is three and a half years, and then you have the tribulation, which is the second three and a half years. But here's another way that I'd like you to see it. You have the tribulation, and then you have the great tribulation. In other words, you have a tribulation for three and a half years, and then the heat goes way up to where you don't even want to be living on the land because everything is going to go. People even be crying out to die during the tribulation. And so that's the great tribulation. So you have three and a half years where tribulation, but then the wrath of God gets poured out. It gets amped up. And, 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 and so you have another three and a half years, and that's seven years of hardship and suffering. And right now in our Tuesday Bible studies in the book of Daniel, they're studying a lot on this right now. We have over 200 people right now in our uh, Tuesday Bible studies in the book of Daniel. You'll talk about things like the, um, the uh, abomination of desolation, which is when the Antichrist sets up an idol by the temple. You'll talk about the 144,000. You'll talk about the 70 weeks of Daniel and those kinds of things. Suffice to say, there is a tribulation coming. The first half is not as intense as the last half. Are you following what I'm saying? So when people ask you, like, what are you, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, when is Jesus going to come? Um, I pretty much settled for my own study, but you can have your own opinion, all right? It's free country. But um, I, I'm pretty much, uh, I believe, mostly uh, I, I'm more mid-trib. In other words, there is a tribulation coming, but then God's pattern for his people is to... Um, is to intervene for them from the enemies that come against them, all right? So uh, uh, there's another way that I wanted to say that. But God's pattern for his people is, is, is to spare them. I'm talking about, I'm talking about to, to um, redeem them. So, so we have a God that wants to redeem us, and so we're in this tribulation. I believe maybe in the middle, middle of the tribulation, God could come back, but we don't know if you're pre, mid, post. That's your own conviction on that from reading the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Otherwise, I'll get letters all week. But I'm more like mid-tribulation because there's going to be some tribulation, but the tribulation that's the great tribulation is so great that, that God's pouring out his wrath and, 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 um, uh, and, and it's so bad that people will be crying out to die. So I'm just saying this, is God's pattern for his people is to deliver them, that's what I wanted to say, is to deliver them from the hand of the enemy. So I really believe that's what God will do with his children. I'm talking about he'll deliver them at some point from the hand of the enemy. That's what I believe. All right, there we go. Okay, number 11, the second sign is this, is the second coming of Christ. Hallelujah. So are you ready for Jesus to come? Can I get a witness? Amen. This is the greatest sign of all. The Bible says for... 
as the lightning lights up the entire sky, so it will be when the Son of Man comes. In other words, have you ever seen lightning? Uh, here in California, we don't have so much of it, but when I lived in the Midwest, we had lightning every week. You'd have a rainstorm, you'd lightning and thunder and all that stuff. It was just a common thing. But here in California, it's a little bit less common. But man, when it hits, it hits hard. And the sky just goes, boom, like that. How many of you ever seen the sky just light up from lightning, right? And it, it'll, it'll be that way when Jesus comes. It's going to be unmistakable. It's going to be unavoidable. And it's going to be evident to all. Nobody will miss out on the second coming of Jesus Christ. If you didn't see it in the sky, which I believe you're going to see it in the sky so much worldwide, it's going to go all over the whole place. You'll see it on the news that night. Something's going to happen. So Jesus says this, um, for as lightning lights up the entire sky, so it will be when the Son of Man comes. Immediately, though, after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. This is this second half of the tribulation. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming in on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. They will see it. Say it with me this morning. They will see it. The whole world will see the coming of the Lord. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Hallelujah. And Luke says this. Now, we were talking about the synoptic gospels, right? We're in the gospel of Matthew right now. So we're looking at Matthew's account in Matthew chapter 24. But I'll just pull in Luke for just this one verse. Luke says, when you see all of these things begin to happen, he says, now, Jesus is speaking here. When you see these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Hallelujah. So everybody, we're in the middle of this chaotic mess that we live in this world. We're living in the last days, signs of the times that we can see. The world can't see them, but we can see them. But he says, when you see all of these things begin to happen, look up for your redemption draws nigh. Give the Lord a great hand clap for that. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, now, last four bullet points, and then we're done. We go home. Go to Mimi's, go to wherever you're going to go. All right, or Cane's uh, chicken strips, whatever that is. Have you seen the Cane's thing yet? Yeah, okay, so now I didn't, get, didn't get a big response. But anyway, um, now, four bullet points here this morning that, uh, 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 that I'm going to share with you. When you see the signs, you'll know that Christ's return is near. When you see the signs. How do you know that Christ's return is near? When you see the signs. So Jesus said this. We're still, Jesus is still speaking. He says this. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. Now I want to just ask you here this morning. How many of you know uh, the trees on our own boulevards right now are starting to blossom and bloom, right? Right? They're blossoming and blooming right now, and then the leaves will come out, and you see all these little petals that are dropping to the, to the, uh, the streets and the sidewalks and everything else, the little white petals, but then the leaves will follow, and we go like, hey, they're blossoming right now, but that's a sign that spring is here, right? And when the trees fall off the, or pardon me, when the trees, when the leaves fall off the trees in the fall, they change color, we know it's a sign of fall, right? But he says this, so you also, when you see all of these things, know that it is near even at the door, that the end is near, even at the door, when you see all of these signs. 
So I want to just say right now, everybody, we in the line of history right now are closer to the second coming of the Lord than we've ever been. But we have more signs than any other generation has had. We have more signs in this generation than anyone has ever realized. So he could come any time. Hallelujah. And then, here's the next thing, no one knows the day or hour except God alone. No one knows. If you ever hear anyone say, you know, I know when Jesus is coming back, you can say, no, you don't. Only God knows. He says, because Jesus said this, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, but my Father only. My Father's the only one who knows. I did a little bit of a search on Google, and I was looking at the second coming of Christ, and they listed out a whole page of those preachers and prophets that have said here's when he's going to come and it takes up a page and a half all of the dates and all of the dates have come and gone and they all got it wrong when I was in college years ago and got out of college I was early in ministry but a guy wrote a book called 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 1988 <laughs> and and those of you some of you remember that and then it didn't happen. The year went by and he didn't come back and then he goes, whoops, I got the math wrong. It's actually, he wrote his next book, 89 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming in, in 1989. I'm serious. And then the year went by, it didn't happen. He goes, I'm going to give up on math. And everybody that tries to predict misses the prediction because God is the only one that knows. Amen? We can know the season, but we don't know the day nor the hour. But I'll tell you what, how he's going to come, he's going to come quickly and take a lot of people unaware. So always be ready because he's going to come quickly. Like lightning that comes from the east to the west, he's going to come quickly and just be ready. Hallelujah. Now, here's what the world is going to be like. Here's the third bullet. The world will be going on in business as usual mode, oblivious to the signs. They'll be oblivious to the signs. Let me just say this here this morning, everyone. How many of you are believers here this morning? Wave at me right now. I'm a believer. Praise God. Aren't you glad that you know the insights of Scripture and the truth of Scripture? But your world, your friends out in the world, they don't have a clue what you're talking about. They're oblivious to the truth of God. They're oblivious to these signs. And Jesus said this would be what would happen. He says, but as it was in the days of Noah, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, remember how Noah built the boat with the flood, but it never rains around here. Like, what are you doing, Noah? And they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, closed the door, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. When Noah went into the ark and he closed the door, that ark represented salvation, if you will. It saved Noah and his family and, and it saved those, the animals that were in the flood. But the, the, the door was closed to those that were on the outside and they perished in the water. It says, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. They didn't even know that the flood came until it took them all away. So what's the answer here this morning? Jesus gives us the answer. The answer is this, watch and be ready. Say it with me this morning, watch and be ready. Jesus said this, watch therefore for you do not know the hour that your Lord is coming. And then he says this, Be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. And Jesus is simply saying, Be watchful and be ready. Say it with me this morning. Be watchful and be ready. Hallelujah. Always be ready. Praise God. How many of you are ready to, receive, to, to go to heaven? Amen. You go, so you go, Pastor Perry, I don't want to go today, but I want to be ready. You know, be watchful and be ready. 
Man, I tell you, one time I came home from school when I was a kid in a little small town. I'd been out, uh, not school, I, w- I was at uh, swimming, actually. I went swimming, and my mom and dad were pastors at, at, at our little parsonage in the little town that we lived in. They were, par- they were pastors there, and we had five kids, and I came home, so five children, mom and dad, seven of us, so I came home from swimming, and the house was empty. And like, that was in the afternoon. My mom was always home. Somebody was always home. And I went through the whole house, upstairs and downstairs. And I said, I've been left behind. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I've been left behind. It happened and I have been left behind. Oh my goodness. I was never so glad to see my mom pull up in the car, you know, and I was like, there, they're okay. Oh my goodness. I was just, but be watchful and be ready because you don't know the day or the hour, but you can know the season. In the name of Jesus. Now, the last words of Revelation are this. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. And it must be just a priority if that's the way that you're going to just cap off the whole Bible. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. Say with me right now. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. And I want to be ready and I want to be watchful. And if you receive the word of the Lord today, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Would you do that? Amen. Stand with me all across the auditorium, and you've been wonderful to speak with today. I just bless you. Hallelujah. Let me remind you again on that uh, Ukraine relief offering uh, for Stanislav and Snizhana and their family. Uh, As they minister, they'll make sure that those funds are put to good use right away. So um, uh, I'll be giving today, and I pray that you will, only as the Holy Spirit leads you. Don't give under pressure. Just as the Holy Spirit leads you and you'll, uh, we'll be able to make an, an impact, all right? Okay. I wrote down in my notes, prayer and invitation. And on the prayer and invitation, I put in parentheses, are you ready? And that's going to be the question I just want to ask you today. Are you ready? Because Jesus said, be watchful and be ready. We've got the signs of the times. These are all happening right now. You don't have to worry if you're ready. And you don't have to worry at all if you're watchful. But make sure that you're ready. Um, I had a friend uh, who was a Native American. Uh, His name was Mac. And Mac was a musician. Uh, He had lived in the world for so many years, been involved with alcohol, uh, 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 all kinds of illicit activities. Uh, in, in, In part of his life, he just was living for the devil. But then one day, God got a hold of him. He received Christ as a Savior, and it completely transformed his life. And I remember hearing him share because then he would be sharing at places that he would be playing with a gospel band now, but he would always share and he'd say this when he was talking about Jesus. He'd always say, make sure and be sure. Say it with me this morning. Make sure and be sure. I want to ask you this morning to make sure that you have a relationship with Christ, that he lives in your heart so that you can be sure that you're going to be ready to meet him on that day when that day comes like a thief in the night, that you're going to be ready, and also that you're going to be part of God's family. It's just a wonderful thing to receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior. So here's how I want to pray this morning. I want to just ask for anyone and everyone that is here this morning, and you say, Pastor Perry, I've never really um, 
ask Christ to be my Savior and my Lord, and I'm not sure about my salvation. I'm, I'm not, I don't know what would happen if I died today or anything like that. I don't know where I'd spend eternity. I want to ask you just to make sure by receiving Christ. Receiving Christ as your Lord and your Savior, then you can have eternal life. Hallelujah. And then if you've walked away from God and walked away from the things of Christ, I want to just ask you here this morning, if you've, if you've faded off, you said, man, I feel like I'm one of those that just fell away. I want to invite you to come back this morning. That's the reason why you're here this morning, just to come back to the Lord and, and just rededicate your life to Christ. So this morning, I just want to pray with you. Now, I want to ask our church family just to join in in this prayer. But everyone that needs to receive Christ or to come back to God right now, just pray with me right now and let it be from your heart. Not just your head, but your heart this morning. Pray this prayer. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me so much so that you died on the cross for me to give me a new life. Thank you, Lord God, that because of your death on the cross, my sins are paid for and my sins are forgiven. So thank you, Lord God, for forgiveness of sin. And Lord, thank you for giving me a brand new heart and making me a new creation. Right now, Lord Jesus, I receive you into my life. Come into my heart. And change my life, I pray. With my mouth, I now confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So, Lord Jesus, I believe on you now, and I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. And I pray in your holy name, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And all of God's people said amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, welcome to the family of God. Your sins are forgiven. You're part of the family of God right now. Your name's been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, which is the, that book that God has with all of our names in it. And, and your eternity is secure because of Jesus Christ. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, I just welcome you right now. And salvation is this wonderful gift of God that he has for you. Give everyone that prayed this morning a God bless you. Would you do that? Now... <clears throat> When I came to service this morning, I'm going to tell you this. I, the Holy Spirit said people are going to get saved today. People are going to get saved today, and people are going to come to Christ today. And I want to just ask you here this morning, if you prayed that prayer and you came, you gave your life to Jesus Christ as we prayed, or if you came back to the Lord this morning, you say, I, I came back to the Lord this morning. I rededicated my life to the Lord, but you prayed that and you meant it. I want to just ask you all across this auditorium very quickly just to lift your hand real high so that I can see it. Lift your hand real high so I can see it. Would you do that right now? Real high. Yes, over here. Lift your hand real high. Others would lift a hand. Right over there. Keep Others lift a hand. <laughs> now give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, praise God. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, hallelujah, and it's yours today. We love you so much, hallelujah. I just pulled that up way back from when I was a kid, but it's the truth. Your name's been written down in glory. God bless you. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you right now. Father in heaven, I just thank you right now for our services this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your precious presence that's been here. Thank you, Lord God, that we've been able to talk about and help with the Ukraine and the people of the Ukraine. Lord, we pray that you'll continue to lift them up and strengthen them. And then, Lord, I just pray right now a special blessing over your people, Lord God, as we walk out of this place. Let us be watchful. Let us be ready. 
let us also be ready to share with others the good news of the gospel. But Lord, I pray right now for your blessing, your favor, your mercy, your grace, your provision in their lives. And I pray it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone that receives that blessing, say aloud, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. We love you so much. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.